Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. There's also some uh, interesting prop bets on Bet Online that you can check out. One that popped up to me is Cleveland's next baseball mascot name, because of course they got rid of the racist name they were using. The favorite right now is the Spiders at plus 250, followed by the Cleveland baseball team at plus 500. But my favorite is all the way down at plus 1200. And it's the Buckeyes. Of course, that's the Ohio State Buckeyes college sports uh, team name. But it was also the Negro League team name in Cleveland uh, back in the 40s. So I'm going with the Buckeyes at plus 1200. But from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. everybody uh welcome to another version of bill roden on sports rose pod i'm here upstate in undisclosed location uh holding out you know uh but in, enjoying the solitude and uh here with my my co-host uh the great jamal murphy holding down down in uh brooklyn murph what's happening what's up bill everything's great here in brooklyn uh nice cold sunny day can't complain yeah, yeah, we're here. Uh, you know, this is really um, man, this is spectacular. We have a really, uh, a, a really wonderful guest, uh, a great friend, uh, you know, great human beings. Got a lot of, a lot on the plate. Fact, just before we got in line, I was listening to uh, a program we did with our guest in July of 2016, and a lot has happened since then. Anyway, right, talk right. about the, the great Crystal McQuarrie, Crystal McQuarrie McGuire. Uh, she's an author. She's a um, producer. She's now a player agent. She's a <laughs> she's a mother. Uh, she's the wife of uh, perhaps New York's next mayor. I mean, and she's probably one of the most I was thinking, but probably one of the most incredible human beings I know, just in terms of the brains and uh, uh, just the creativity, the drive, just a whole lot of stuff. Anyway. Uh, Crystal, welcome once again to, to the show. So glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm just curious, how come you get to be in an undisclosed location, Bill, but Jamal, you shouted him out as being in Brooklyn. I know, I know. I sold <laughs> you in, him out. Are you in hiding? I, I sold him out immediately. I thought That's when right. I said, see, see, Crystal, she's also an attorney, so right. she peeped out immediately. <laughs> I said, well, maybe I could slide. No, you forget who you got on the line. <laughs> Why do I get to be in hiding and I tell right. everybody where Jamal is? <laughs> I know. What's up with that? Brooklyn's a big borough, so it's, it's okay. Okay. Well, you know, I guess I'm, that's I'm, like, I'm like undisclosed, but at least he narrowed it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upstate New York. Well, you know, I'm, you know, like Moses now in the wilderness. I'm sort of, you know, uh, you know, anyway, no, it's just sort of what we, as our inside thing while I was at an undisclosed location, though, I'm going to say in these times when you got the proud boys and, and, and true, everything, true. so, you know, you just, you know, just got, I was going to put a Biden Harris thing on my car. I said, you know, <laughs> I better not. Oh yeah. You can't nuts, do that. You know? They're not up there. No, you can't. Uh-uh, yeah. yeah, so no, that's right. Like, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's scary, feel, it's it's scary like, times. Huh? Yeah. It's, I said it's, scary uh, times. It's deep. And I, I guess I want to get into that because you are, you know, you're, you're, um, it's one thing to say, you know, Crystal, we're all political in a way, but sure. now you're in, I mean, you're like in the middle, I mean, you're like in the midst of it, a mayoral campaign. Yes. So I like yes. to say, but I want to start off with your son. I want to start off talking about your child. You know, uh, 
Cole, <laughs> the, the, the one, and you got three of them. You got Cole, yes. Ella, and Leo. Um, but each will wait their turn. We're going to talk to your oldest child. You know, uh, how, what's it been like? Let's let's take us back. This short history from draft day to now. What's it What's it been like? Cole is with the Orlando Magic. He's uh, you know he's launching his professional career. What's it been like? Well, it has been a um, a dream come true for Cole, but it has been um, harrowing <laughs> mm. uh, because, as you all know, he was injured his freshman year at um, UNC, and he, um, you know, came out of the surgery, and we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. Uh, so it's been a lot of up and down since that time, and uh, you know, until draft day. I truly did not know. Um, I did not know where he was going to go. <laughs> um, and so just the uncertainty of it uh, with your with your own child, uh, it made it, uh, you know, it, it made it stressful, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, notwithstanding the fact that he was on the verge of a dream coming true to even be able to be drafted into the NBA, uh, you know, this was a year unlike any other for the NBA. I mean, right. the shortened season, the draft had been postponed originally from June then to October, then from October to November. Teams weren't sure if they were going to keep their picks. Um, teams were, um, you know, like teams that were interested in him. It was unclear even draft day if they'd have their pick by the time it came around to when he was, you know, potentially projected to go. So there was just so much, um, you know, up in the air. And, you know, when his name finally was called by the Orlando Magic, we were just overjoyed, and especially Cole, because actually the Orlando Magic were Cole's number one choice. Of wow. the teams, yeah, of the teams that we knew were interested in him, that was his number one choice. And he had a, he had a relationship with some of those guys, right? He had, like, Mo Bamba. Was he friends with Mo? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Mo Bamba is one of his best friends. Yeah. Um, and Mo uh, and Cole played for the same AAU team, the um, PSA Cardinals. Um, and so they um, were, when Cole was a freshman, um, Mo was a junior. And they actually played in like the championship for the AAU circuit against Trey Young, interestingly enough. Oh, wow. wow. And he played for the Mo Can Elite with Michael Porter Jr. Wow. And so, wow. Um, in any event, yeah, he was so excited to um, be reunited with Mo because they were, you know, super close when they played ball together and just remained friends. And actually, the night that Mo Bamba was drafted a couple years ago, um, he was actually staying at our place for the week of the draft, leading up to the draft. And so oh, wow. it just felt really full circle. And then for them now to both be on the same team, uh, they were both thrilled. But like Mo called him like five, six times the day <laughs> of the draft, you know, and then he was like, okay, Cole, the draft is seven hours from now. Okay, four more hours. Draft's gonna start in an hour. Oh, draft just started, Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. What, what did you guys, uh, what, what, what were your projections? What was the range that you were hearing? Well, by the time, um, it's interesting. It, le it lets you know how much so many of these people doing these mock drafts just do not know what they're talking about. Right. Um, at, and so what we heard internally through his agent which by the way i am not an agent i could never be an agent bill you calling me an agent i'm not his agent is a man by the name of jeff schwartz oh yeah excel yeah. sports oh, excel yes, Ooh, yes. excel no, yes yeah. that's right down in well they have offices they have them in new york and florida but jeff was absolutely fantastic as well as the entire excel sports team including the you know the sister Naila Waterfield, who does all the marketing and PR for Cole, but um, in any event, it was it was it was a you know from from our side, it it kept sort of changing, you know, um, but it was always higher than what the 
later mock drafts were saying that kept coming out, right? And so um, the the 15 for the Orlando Magic was really the sweet spot for oh. Cole. That was right in the sweet spot of, of the projections. And as I said, Cole's number one choice. Right. Let, me, let me ask you, because we all know, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations that Cole went through, you know, the injury, North Carolina not really being able to play a full season there like everybody had projected. And then, you know, not, you know, his, his stock kind of dropping. But I'm wondering, you know, having never been in that position, you know, once you're in, you know, you're, you're going through the draft you, and, and his name is called, does that just wipe everything away? Does that just make everything better? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was such a relief when his name was called. Uh, as you saw, if you remember the footage of him draft night and just the floodgate of tears come out. I mean, it That's was right. joy, but I think also relief because yeah. the the uncertainty was over, you know, and it's like the the beautiful part and the horrible part of sports, the beautiful part, it's it's a wonderful that you can do what you love to do um, professionally and what you would do for free, what he was doing for free anyway. Um, and, and so nobody's going to feel bad, you know, for him, nor should they. But at the same time, in this world that we live in, this world of social media, where um, everyone is, is – you know, charting your every move and you have your, you know, wonderful, zealous sports fans, you know, we had the distinct pleasure of for several months seeing on social media, you know, Cole get trashed, <laughs> um, in a, you know, from here to, but again, no one's gonna feel bad for you. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's good. It's all, it's all part of it. You know, he just focused on the positive. And so, you know, was it all washed away when they finally called his name? Sure, because he um, gets to gets to live his dream, and for him, the most important thing was to go to the team that was the right situation um, for him and to be able to develop. And so uh, that's how you know he views uh, the Orlando Magic. I mean, a world class organization there with some you know incredibly talented players i mean look every nba player is talented so <laughs> but um just but, but just a good <laughs> just a just a, a great fit though for him to have the opportunity to play and learn from you know a young point guard like markel fultz who's been in the league a couple of years under his belt um and i think that um they you know complement each other even mark michael carter williams who run one rookie of the year a few years back um, Cole can learn a lot from him and, and all the players. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, washed away. Um, you know, Cole's wanted to play in the NBA his entire life. And so he's, you know, blessed enough to, um, have had the opportunity to hear his name called by Adam Silver on draft night. And now, you know, he's heck, he's living the dream. What have the reports been back, you know, uh, from, you know, it's like all of us, we have our, our children and they get their first gigs out of college, you know, and you kind of want to know how's it going and all the little dynamics, you know, uh, what's, what's, what are the reports been, been, been like, uh, um, you know, from, from Orlando? Wow. I mean, well, it's, it's really, it's kind of cute and it's, it's gratifying as a parent. On one hand, you miss your child when they move away from home. You know, I took him to the airport when he was going down to Orlando the second time, like, the day after the draft, he flew down to Orlando and I went with him uh, to just, you know, look for places for him to live. Then he came back home for Thanksgiving. And then when it came down for him, time for him to go back down to Orlando for good, I took him to the airport and I um, was standing outside the airport with him, hugging him. And I said, OK, honey, it's like, have a great trip. <laughs> and he he said he said and he looked at me he's like, trip, this ain't no trip. He goes, I'm moving. Bye. <laughs> and so that, you know, that hurt a little. But at the same time, I was like, wow, you really are, you know, moving. I don't have to worry about, you know, your room being dirty and finding, you know, weak old food under your bed. So uh, that was a good, a good feeling from that perspective. Uh, but on the other hand, it's kind of sad, but it's, they're still, you know, he's just, you know, just turned 20 this year. He's still a, a kid. So it was actually, it was kind of cute because, um, the place that he found 
to uh, to rent. Uh, when it came time, it was on the weekend when he had to, you know, close the deal, you know, or sign a lease or whatever for it. So they couldn't do like a wire or anything that weekend. And so he called me, he's like, got checks for the first time. He's like, uh, did you put my new checks in my backpack before I was leaving? I was like, yeah. And then he was like, well, I don't know how to write a check. Because <laughs> you know, um, the kids this day, I mean, everything's Venmo, PayPal. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, I really know how know, to write a check anymore. Right. Well, that's the thing people do. But he goes, but they'll take a check over the weekend, but they're not wiring during the weekend through my account. So I happen to have copies of his check here too. Like he had some. They, so I was like, okay, cool. Let me do, you know, tell me who it's to be paid. So I like wrote the check here, took a shot of it. And I was like, now just copy this <laughs> on the right. checks you have. To. So, I mean, just it's things like that. I mean, he's on one hand, you know, he's a grown man, working man. But at the same time, there are those things, you know, like that. Like, don't forget to have the electricity put in your name. I mean, just things right. that, uh, you know, growing, growing up stuff. But uh, it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's gratifying. I think just the biggest part is, you know, we all as parents, want our children to do something in life that that they that they are passionate about and so the fact that he can have a career doing something that he loves more than anything in the world is uh incredible yeah and i, I want to like just for you how you felt about all this because you're right he, he's getting to do something that he loves uh that he really wants to do few people get that opportunity you know to do that professionally um, but you, you, he's had this dream, you know, since I don't know how old, probably like five or six or something like that. And you've been trying to facilitate, you know, him, you know, help him get to that point for all these years. So I, I just wonder how, how it felt for you, because it's not just the normal kid getting a job. I mean, you know, you did the Tiny Ballers uh, uh, film, which was when he was, what, in fifth or sixth grade or something like that. So you've been this has been a journey for you for his whole life. So I'm just curious, like, what was it? What was what were your feelings when, when he finally got drafted? Um, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, um, but it really felt like a dream. And for a full couple weeks, it was just surreal because there has been so much work through the years for the past, you know, 15 years of him grinding as a player and me as a parent, along with, um, with Ray, my husband, um, and just the whole community that supported Cole and his, and his teammates from team to team, from AAU road trip to road trip, you know, taking a, a bus down, not a bus, but a van packed with like 30 kids down to, Kentucky and, you know, staying in, you know, motels, six kids in a room and, um, you know, just really uh, going through, you know, because Cole was an emotional player when he was younger, going through the emotions, going through the wins, the losses, um, and just the hard work, you know, going to different, him going to different schools and different AAU programs to finally, finally um, see him uh, make it to the NBA, it was just, and still is on a certain level, surreal. It's like, is this real? Because like, I, I know how, how hard he has grinded. I know what his work ethic has been and continues to be. And so I really, you know, saw the, the, the sweat and the work up close, um, for you know years and so for uh, him to you know finally be at this point it just um you know I, I can't state it enough it really is a um unreal feeling because then you get to the other side of it and you kind of exhale for a minute and you're like wow he's really here and it and i guess what it does on another thing sort of emotionally is you almost, it almost vanishes all those years of hard work where there was a lot of struggle because of the wins and losses and injuries and disappointments and so on and so forth. And you're on the other side of that and you exhale and you're like, wow, like 
you know, you did it. We we did it. This is this is something special. Yeah, you know, um, again, one of the things that one of the DVDs is at the top of my uh, watch list is Little Ballers. I keep it at the top of my um, mm -hmm. my my DVD thing, and why? Because it's really is quite phenomenal. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's phenomenal. A, it was great when it came out. You know, you're like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's it's I mean, it's a great piece of work, and and you were so fortunate. And now, but to look, I mean, you kind of hit it. And I think every time I, I talk to you, said, Crystal, your daughter, because I know when it came, you were talking, why did you, you were going to kind of franchise it and do this mm -hmm. and do this. Well, but now you've got this real legitimate <laughs> progression. I mean, you know, you go from these kids when they were six years, uh, sixth grade and the tournament. And then, you know, there's, there's just so much. So I'm, I'm actually going to probably watch it again this weekend because uh, it's really quite phenomenal. Um, what was it like um, when he got injured? You know, because again, you know, you say he was emotional. There was some very funny stuff in there about how, you know, they were telling him, oh, yeah, he watch his emotions and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But um, so he goes to North Carolina, and I think when you were on our show, um, the Daily, the Post had that story about him being the top freshman uh, mm -hmm. at the time. But what was it like when he got injured in Carolina? Because now that's another, uh, that's another thing that mm -hmm. everybody's got to deal with. You know, you keep thinking about, remember that number? I don't know what the number was in Little Ball. It's an incredible number. How many kids play high school? How many of those kids play college? Right. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. Yep. It was, it was, it was something like nine, 10 million yeah. high school kids play um basketball 2000 or so get division one scholarships to play in college 60 get drafted mm. 30 make the team yeah yeah i mean i mean it's so so it's so and that sober. doesn't even factor in and that doesn't even factor in the global the international players now because there's so many fantastic international players that the nba has i mean it's a it's a global game now so you're not just competing on the u.s stage but you're competing on the global stage like in this year's draft they have an israeli player denny avija there are a couple of french players with killian hayes and theo um, maladon um there's some african players uh and i'm sure there are others that i'm i'm um, not remembering right at this moment but yeah it's a the odds are against you. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was it like? And again, part of being those odds is when you deal with these certain milestones, you know, like the injury. Sure. You know, the so many right. things that happened. What was that like? What was that like? Uh, um, how did you guys deal with that? The emotion, the emotions, and the rehab. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for Cole, when he, but I'll, I'll back up for a second. So Cole started off, you know, his UNC year, you know, broke the record, scoring record of a freshman in a game. And, you know, the next few games were, 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 you know, you know, pretty good. He got a double, double in the next game doing, doing, putting in work. And then it's so interesting. You just think about like what happens to kids when they go off to college, but um, he, he then gets to campus, like, you know, they say the, for freshmen in college, it's like they're going to preschool. It's like a Petri dish because everybody gets sick. So like a couple weeks into the season starting, he like has a flu. Mm. Um, then they go to uh, the um, Atlantis, battling Atlantis down there. And I believe in the battling Atlantis, was where he actually tore his meniscus. Mm. And I believe he tore his meniscus in the Oregon game down there, which was the third and final game down there. He comes back, he's sore, but they think it's just like tendonitis or something. Has the flu, <laughs> hadn't eaten in a couple days, mm. knee sore, and they then he had to play he played the Virginia game and the Ohio State game, I believe it was, with a torn meniscus. Again, hadn't been diagnosed as that yet, and the flu. 
again, but nobody's going to feel bad for me. Nobody cares about that. Only person who cares about that is mama. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And then I'm fine with it. After either was the Ohio State or Virginia game at that game, he was like, I'm still not feeling right in my knee. Goes and gets, you know, x-ray. X-ray is negative. Goes and gets the MRI. MRI is like, "Mm." Um, and I think it was, I think it was coach Williams who called me. I don't even think it was Cole who called, who, who called me and told me first, but coach Williams called me and he's on the phone with me crying. Mm. And then I start crying because mm. he was like, Cole started crying when, mm. when we were talking about it, just cried his eyes out. And then at that point, we get the tears out and as mothers do, then we just, we go into action mode and I'm like, okay, let me get copies of the MRI. Let me, you know, let's figure out what we're going to do when we're going to get the surgery. You know, I send it to, um, along with Ray, cause you know, we have some orthopedic surgeon friends here in New York city. We sent it to get several opinions. Everybody look at it. Went all the doctors down at UNC, they looked at it and, you know, we just went to action mode. And I think he had, and then I was like on the plane, I think the next day, um, and he had surgery, you know, within a few days of the, you know, prognosis and, um, then went into rehab the day after surgery, Mm. (laughs) they get you, they get, because it's a, you know, outpatient, but it was tough. I mean, it was, but, but I felt, and I know Cole felt in that moment, that first day of rehab, um, that this is my road to recovery. Right. You know, this is, this is my road to recovery. And, and he was undeterred. And there were a lot of people saying, don't go back. Don't play anymore. Don't get, you know, just rehab. Do, do not go back. Don't risk re-injuring and just, you know, sit out the rest of the season you know, and he was like, absolutely not. If I'm, if I'm better and I'm able to go play, I'm going to go play. I don't, I don't care what our record is. I'm going to go and just try to help my team. I don't care if my stock takes a hit. Mm. This is about, Mm. you know, so that was, that's how he, you know, that's how, that's how he approached it. Um, Mm. And so everything happens for a reason. And again, Orlando with the 15th pick, had he, had he sat out, he might've gone higher, but he wouldn't have been in the place he wanted to be. So. Right. 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 Heaven forbid, like the Knicks were involved. That was like probably <laughs> the best thing that came out that he wasn't there. No, no comment. What did yeah, you say? <laughs> no, I said, thank God. Well, yeah. I was killing, killing the Knicks. This becomes such a gratuitous joke now. I said, well, thank God he didn't come to the Knicks, you know. Uh, no comment. I love I know, our no, hometown no, no. Let's, let's team. The I road. love the Knicks and I love the Brooklyn Nets. No comments. There, there you go. Right. And love Kyrie. And love Kyrie. Yes. <laughs> love, yes, love Kyrie. And look, and, and Obi, and then by the way, Obi Toppin, or Toppin, yeah. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right. Obi, who they got, he's an extraordinary player. Right. I have the date. I date and flyers where my husband Ray is from, and mm. great kid and super talented young man. He's a hometown. He's a hometown kid too, and yeah. you know we wish them nothing, nothing but the best. They got a Nick's got a great pick in Opie. Well, well yeah. before 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 we before we get into you, your husband Ray, one one last one last question um, about Cole. So so now he's a pro. Mm-hmm. And and now you know. So now he steps into the NBA in a in an interesting time, you know, to say the least. Um, you got, you know, they're playing during a pandemic. Um, even college colleges are playing during a pandemic, so I guess there's no difference there. Uh, but you also have this the NBA activism, the WNBA activism. You know, as a as a politically astute parent, um, and your son is is jumping in that mix. I just wonder what you a justice, what a justice warrior. She calls yeah, a social justice, justice warrior. Social justice warrior. Yes, yes. Social justice warrior. That is, that is me. Warrior. What's your, you know, what's your take on this on this particular time and, and that Cole stepping into the league where the NBA is such a big player in social justice and and amidst a pandemic. I think it's a really exciting time for him to be a. Um, young player 
playing for, you know, in the National Basketball Association to have a platform like the NBA that has been, by the way, incredibly supportive every step of the way around issues relating to social justice and police accountability and um, the right to vote. And they've been incredibly outspoken around criminal justice reform. And so to, you know, be living at a time when we know a couple decades ago, and I guess depending upon the sport, <laughs> also that it has not been historically encouraged for athletes to speak out. I mean, we saw some, we saw some folks trying to silence LeBron James, you know, with, with I won't name her name either, but the person telling him to shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. And he and I loved it. He LeBron was like, Who who said that? I have no right. idea who that is. And then right. they went and made then they went and made a documentary about it. So that's right. Keep on fueling our flames on that. Um and I'm deeply encouraged that uh the players have their the the platform that they have with the support of the NBA to use it to um, you know. Use it for people who don't have the the same megaphone that that the players do. Uh, that's that's um, that's incredibly important. Um, you know, particularly in the era that we're living in. I mean, you know, just issues around voter suppression and you know voter registration and just you know voter disenfranchisement across the board. I mean, the work that the NBA has done. And LeBron James, in particular, with um, it's uh, was it is it more than a vote yep. that he created? Yeah. Is it more yeah. than a vote or more, more, than a vote. Yeah. more than a vote? More than a vote, and him partnering. I mean, just getting people registered to vote, getting people transportation to vote, helping um, to educate people. I mean, that has been tremendous. Uh, and so I'm I'm uh, thrilled that. Cole is going into a league that is so socially conscious um, it, on the on the right side of history, as far as I'm concerned. Our guest is the wonderful Crystal McCrary McGuire. We're going to talk about the other part of her life. Her husband, Ray McGuire, is uh, running for mayor of New York City, probably one of the toughest jobs in history. I'm saying, wow, you know, Crystal goes from the skillet to the frying pan, you know. <laughs> maybe maybe the only thing tougher than being running for mayor and becoming mayor is uh, going from AAU to the NBA. You know, that's right. <laughs> so, Crystal, um, again, I was thinking of this morning, I said, man, this is probably one of the most incredible human beings I know. Tell me about that. Your husband, Ray McGuire, who... Um, you know, I know is great. Uh, what went into that decision uh, to knowing everything you know about public life, and you've been through it, uh, and he does too. Um, uh, what what went into that decision to run for uh, mayor of New York? Um, well, first of all, I mean, I I knew more about public life, I think, than Ray. I mean, Ray was a pretty private guy. Um, he did a lot of work that has affected um, the lives of New Yorkers, but he did it from behind the scenes. I mean, he never had a social media account, um, no Twitter, no IG. Uh, He was behind the scenes helping to make the lives of New Yorkers better from an educational front, a cultural front, a health front, but, you know, was not seeking attention or congratulations or any kind of accolades for it. But um, in terms of the decision to, um, you know, run for public office, uh, it's multiple fold. And I think it, it starts with, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because now, you know, being the wife of a political candidate for, you know, a pretty big job. Um, and people ask you, why did he run? What, what, you know, what made it do that? The answers are pretty basic and foundational. Um, I would say first and foremost, uh, he deeply, deeply cares about New York City. Um, And he sees the city suffering on multiple fronts. 
he sees a city that is deeply divided. Um, it's a microcosm in New York City of what we see on the national stage, the divisiveness. Throughout the five boroughs, it is very divided. I mean, it's divided among Democrats. There right. is a range of what, what Democrats believe. Uh, and he is a Democrat uh, and he's running as a Democrat. But, um, you know, so in addition to seeing that, we're looking at how New York City has been, been impacted by the pandemic. And we're in a city where we're, it's nine, $10 billion in a, in a deficit. You got, you know, 500,000 or so small businesses that have shut down. And what the pandemic has exposed is black and brown communities have been disproportionately affected by the injustices and the health crisis and the housing insecurity um, that has been created or amplified, shall I say, because of the pandemic. And so why him? And so he is somebody who has always, again, he has served um, from being on, you know, a wide array of boards from chairing the Studio Museum and Harlem board to building schools, the Dallas Al Academy to the New York Presbyterian Hospital um, to um, the NBA Players Association, Think 450 board. Um, And there are several others that have demonstrated his interest in giving back and leadership. Um, and right now, New York City, when he looked across the spectrum or the landscape, shall I say, of mayoral candidates, from his vantage point and also from the polling, not any of the candidates that were running were polling outside of single digits. And they, many of them have been running for decades, years. And you're looking at, well, what's it going to take? for New York City to really come out of this. You're gonna need somebody with financial acumen. You're gonna need somebody who has credibility, somebody that is respected, someone who can bridge the divide, who has range, you know, from the suites, from the streets to the suites, from the basement of the churches to the boardroom. Um, and someone who can, can manage and lead. Um, and unify. And so Ray checks all those boxes and others and somebody who, you know, has integrity. Um, and so, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say through the years, people have said, Ray, you know, you should run for mayor. You should, I mean, people from different parts of, and that's because they're, you know, people who have either worked with him, been on boards with him, been on the receiving end of him taking an interest in their organization, in their professional career, in their charity, in their business. He is a guy who at every turn has tried to make the life of others better. I mean, he mm-hmm. really does live by, I know I'm gonna mess up this quote, but the sentiment of the late great Congressman John Lewis, who you know said, if, you know, if I haven't made this earth a better place during my time here, then it was all a waste, you mm-hmm. know? And Ray lives by that. Mm-hmm. Well, his, 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 he comes from, his father was a, was a minister, is a man, right? His father, I don't know if I got that story right or wrong. No, no, that's okay. No, no, so Ray actually, Ray, Ray never knew his father, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He was raised by a single mom and his grandparents, his maternal um, grandparents. His grandfather, Leo, who our son Leo was named after, was a minister. That's it. Yeah, yep. And and he was and Ray was raised in in the church. I mean, like real, like like he gonna cite you some scripture. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that is what he again, like Ray for Ray relationships, friendship, business, personal. They are they're biblical to him. You know, you you do right by people. Mm-hmm. Look, we're looking forward to that. I think we're looking forward to have Ray on the show and Cole. We like to have like a whole family. <laughs> oh, family. family. Yeah. Yeah, Cole, Ray, you know. Well, anytime. Any, anytime. Yeah. Any, let yeah. us, let us, 
let us know. You know, it's uh, you know, we're in a very interesting place, though, Bill. You know, Jamal, I, you look at you talked about social justice with with the NBA, and I just want to say one other thing on this front as it relates to as it relates to politics and as it relates to platforms. Um, right now in the national zeitgeist, social justice is on the tip of the tongues of everybody. I mean, everybody's as it, as it should be on the national level and on a local level, right? Social justice as it relates to policing reform, housing reform, et cetera. But I'll tell you what is really important to us also, or should be important to others is as a people, black and brown folks, we're not going to have any social justice without economic justice. Right. But exactly. we, 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 we just not. And one of the last things Ray did before he left city was he spearheaded this report called the economic cost of racial inequality in America. And the key finding of that is racial inequality has cost the American economy $16 trillion mm. over right. the last 20 years. Mm. So when we're talking about equity, economic equity for our folks, it's not like we're only talking about it because we deserve it and we should have it, but it also affects the bottom line for the whole U.S. economy. Right. Yeah. And you look at a place like New York City, which is just disgraceful and stunning to me, that in 2020, you got less than 3% of New York City contracts that go to black and brown businesses. Less mm. than 3%. What are we doing, people? <laughs> yeah. Well, like that's like what happened to we need another Maynard Jackson mayor who, when he right. was the mayor of Atlanta, he made sure as Atlanta Hartsville Airport was being built that at least 20% of the contracts for the, the building of that airport were gonna go to black businesses. Right. You know, and here we are sitting, you know, we, we fighting for some crumbs when we need to be thinking about how we gonna own the bakery. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and the, the irony of New York is that from the outside, people are saying, right. particularly people on the right are talking about how liberal and- Oh, yeah. You know, but when you when you look at those numbers and you say, wait a minute, let's get to power and control, you know, you find out that black folks, you know, you have a you have a, a tiny, tiny, a tiny fraction. Right, but less than three percent, Bill, and we, right. we are over thirty percent of New York City's population. I'll give you one better, and I'm not gonna name no names, but <laughs> there's somebody running for mayor right now who was in the de Blasio administration mm. and was the head of the MWBE, mm. Minority Women Business Enterprises. And under mm. that person's being the head of it, not one black business got a contract with the city. Not one. Some mm. white women under MWB got contracts with the city, but mm. not one black business. And wow. these are our own people. Oh, wow. Yeah, you gotta, well, you you shouldn't say her name, but you should tell me who it is so I can say her name. Yeah, off the record. Off the record. Oh, yeah, off the record. We can talk. We but, can talk but, off, but the off. point. But you know, this but you need I gotta to know, say. But you know what? You know, Crystal. This is this is the thing. This is the thing. You, you need to know these people, though. You need to know if these people are running for public office. You need to know who these people are and what they have not done. Right. Well, people people do know, but I'm a I'm a I'm a keep my mouth quiet and take the high road on that. But what okay. I will say, what I will say in this moment also to that point is I think about one of my favorite Martin Luther King quotes that I'm a butcher again, too. So please forgive me. But um, you think about the work that Martin Luther King Jr. was doing in his latter years with the Poor People's Campaign. Um, and he said, you know, what good does it do me if I can sit at this countertop? but I can't afford to buy a sandwich. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Let me ask you, Chris, uh, before we uh, let you go, because you got 99 things you got to do, you know, uh, you, you're not the agent, but 
you know, <laughs> you got to supervise all this stuff, you know. You're not the campaign director, but you got to supervise all this stuff, <laughs> you know. I do, um, I do. That's, yeah, that, that's in your DNA. But um, what is going to be your role in, in, in the campaign? I mean, you know, you can't, I, I, you know, what's campaigning like in, um, uh, just a couple of, what's campaigning like in the context of coronavirus? And what impact has the national presidential election and the outcome had on this campaign? Mm. Well, that's a that's a big question. Uh, but well, first of all, a lot more Zoom meetings. That's how the you know pandemic has affected this. A whole lot of Zoom meet and greets. You know, Ray right. has not been able to go and do as many um, in person. I mean, he's had some social distance in person things he's gone to. Um, but in terms of like, you can't he can't go touching everybody's hands in a church. Like, right. you know, um, you, he would have done in if we weren't in this in this moment. So that's impacted it. But he's been able to get out and, um, you know, have a lot of touches to all of the uh, communities. And 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 we but we've been on the ground. I mean, we have been on the ground. I mean, we work with a lot of organizations, community organizations, um, you know, in the Bronx and Queens and Bed-Stuy. And so we've still been able to get out and hear what's important to the folks in the community. Um, how has the national um, election affected, uh, you know, and I assume you mean with the election? Well, yeah, that was a big question I asked you. I mean, I, that was a big, that was too general. But I guess the, the, the mood, the tone, uh, there, there was so much distrust of, of the political process. There's so much mm -hmm. animosity. There's so much anxiety. There's so much uh, tension. Uh, uh, there's so much polarity. Um, and mm -hmm. I guess the question is, when you're running for the mayor, how do you, you usually talk about this at the very beginning of the conversation, how do you um, uh, convince people to come together? How do you um, say, you can trust me? How do you say, I do represent mm -hmm. everybody? Uh, not yet. That, that, I guess that's maybe a better a better how do you how do you gain gain how do you gain the trust do you mean how do you gain the trust yeah, how do you gain of, trust um constituents uh, or potential you know maybe voters i mean the so maybe first of all the question jamal but uh I, i'm just you know this <laughs> no 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 i i will i will what i will tell you what i will tell you what has happened on because i did talk about the divisiveness and and where we are as a nation and what i will say about uh a a candidate such as ray and, and ray in specific since we're talking about him is he um he's unbought and unbossed i gotta borrow shirley chisholm, shirley chisholm he yeah. is he is he is not um although he would say the unbossed part is not true because he would say i'm his boss <laughs> <laughs> you know right. but really leo right. is his boss and more than right. anybody, Ella, Ella has him wrapped around her finger. So maybe the, the he's certainly unbought. <laughs> but, um, right. um, and so that, but that's, so that's, that's one thing with Ray. And he's not, he's not doing this for a title, for stature. He's not doing this because he's gone through every other elected local office that he can do and up oh, next up let me run for mayor. <laughs> um, he's not doing this because he needs a pension. He's not doing this because of an ego. Like to be clear, we will be good good as a family not doing this, but for we love this city and we don't see any other person running who will do what this city needs. There's no other person that's running that is going to be able to bridge the divide and bring every sector to the table and lead and, and get deals done and negotiate. When Ray was at, when Ray was the corporate um, head of, um, the, the, the head of um, corporate and investment banking at City for 13 years, First of all, no one on Wall Street ever held a position that long, and certainly no black person ever had that position. Over 13 years in this global position, do you know how many people, and this is the thousands of people, you know how many people st left working for him of his direct reports? Mm. And not even direct uh -huh. reports, but on his team over 13 mm. years? Mm. No. Two people left. Mm. One went to the British government, 
One went to the CIA. Hmm. He knows how to attract the best talent and to hold on to the best talent hmm. because he is a thoughtful, reasonable person who always allows other people to have their dignity, just as he tries to allow people to ha for, for him to have his dignity. Um, so, so from that perspective, um, I would like, you know, I would hope people understand that this is somebody who is not a politician, but he is a leader. Mm -hmm. And he is somebody with integrity and vision and is going to actually be able to attract the brightest, smartest talent to want to come and work in City Hall. He is going to be able to increase public-private partnerships in New York City to cut through the bureaucracy. It takes years and years to get money just to build a community center in a park, yeah. different parts of the community. Because you're like, okay, is this, uh, is this land owned by the city? And is it this zoning? And, and uh, we need this council person to sign off on this. We need this borough president to sign off on this portion of the budget. When all the while, it's the kids suffering. It's the city suffering. Public-private partnerships. Mm. And then we're going to grow our way out of this. Uh, are you going to document this? Uh, are you going to? Is this going to be like little ballers uh, too? But this will be road to the race, road to road to Gracie Mansion. Are you this will be this will be big ballers right here. I think <laughs> right, right, right. Big ballers, shot callers, shot callers, shot callers. That's right. Shot callers, ballers. Yeah. That did you all did you all see his did you all see Ray's launch video? Well, I, I, I was gonna mention that says now that I'm working in your campaign because I got I got I got all these calls from people saying, "Yeah, man, did you see did yourself?" You? I'm like, yes, you were in there. I was in this. I said, well, I guess now I'm part of the campaign. So, <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. That's right. Right. Were you offended by being in it, Bill? <laughs> no. First of all, no. But second of all, we have public. No, no. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I was thinking, no, I mean, this is great. I mean, who, who, who am I going to vote for? Number one, I'm an independent. I vote independently. So, I'm, I'm okay. Well, can I tell you something? Bill, yeah. can I tell you something on that since you brought since you brought that up, which is really, really, really uh, important. Um, uh, so this is key for all your listeners. In order to vote for Ray, who is a Democrat, you have to vote in the Democratic primary and you cannot vote in the Democratic primary unless you are registered as a Democrat. I know. New York City has had historically low turnout for its primaries. So I just want to let you know. I know very, you are a proud independent. Too. You know. I yeah, think I agree. Yeah, I agree. But, I, I know. I I agree. I agree with you, Bill. But since that is the um, law right now, I just would like right. to say that for anyone who wants to vote for Ray in the Democratic primary, which is being held on June twenty second, that you can re-register via a link with the DMV by February fourteenth you can re-register your political party as a Democrat to vote for Ray. You should say that again, because that is important, because I always felt on the outside looking in, you know, when you had these these elections, and they said, well, you're an independent, and you can't vote, you got to re-register. And I'm like, well, I'm still paying. I mean, it's not, but anyway, but so how do we do that again? So if you want to vote in the Democratic primary, you have to be registered as a Democrat. You can re-register through the DMV. I actually am going to send a link, but there's a link that it literally takes five minutes where you can go and change your political party to Democrat, but it must be done by February 14th. Right, and I'm going to send you all, I'm going to, I'm going to text you all the link. It seriously takes like, takes like five minutes because we have yeah. a lot of friends who are independents um, who have, have re-registered and want to vote um for ray in the uh in the um in the primary and because the primary is the election right to yeah. be clear right. it is right. it is it is the election so yeah, um, yeah, you know right. ray of ray of hope that's right <laughs> that's right so i will i will i will do that so we've had this candid conversation i will i will do that because i i you know support ray and uh it was good being in the video i think i made the video i think my my half second <laughs> oh, people say, yeah wait run that back <laughs> Run, run it back. Let's see. Like, you know what? That was and done. Bill, right. yeah. That was at the PSA gala, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that's Where the Ray last time. That's one of the last time I saw because a spike was there. You did the nice thing with Charles Oakley. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Mo, Mo Bamba was, was there. there. Cole yeah. introduced Ray. That was like a reunion. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was like great. a mini reunion of this show. A bunch of the little ballers were there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Next time we have you on the show, I want how? Well, who knows when that's going to be? Because you got your bet. When um, how how are all the little ballers doing? I mean, you don't have to go purse by purse. I did see at at Cole's uh the thing at uh, beat not uh, at Clyde's. Uh, oh, I saw, yeah. I, I saw a few of them there, right? Uh-huh, um, yeah. So Judah and Bryce, who are in Little Ballers, are actually living, they're living with Cole in Orlando, and they have all these little business ventures, so I'm proud of them. Like, Bryce okay. has a company, Count Yourself In, that does apparel. Um, Judah has a company, but they're both students. They're both going to be graduating from college soon because they, like, went to school year-round. Um, and so, um, they're doing great. Tyreek, remember Tyreek? Um, yeah, he, yeah, he had, yeah, yeah. had a, a rough, a rough spell. I mean, he went through a period where he had actually had, 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 you know, gotten shot, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but recovered from that. And he is now actually, um, a rapper. He oh, is, wow. he is a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to remember his stage name. I'm gonna have to send you that too, but, but his music is actually pretty good. So but he graduated. He graduated from oh, high school, mm -hmm. got his life together, you know, got out of, you know, New York City, um, had gone, you know, someplace else safe and is now um, an undisclosed location. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, right. where, not, where, not where Bill is, um, right. but, uh, but he's doing great. And then Billy, right. you remember Coach Billy? Billy's Coach, doing Coach well. Billy, yeah. 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 Billy's Billy's doing well. I think Billy's about to run is, is running for city council in uh, in Harlem. Oh, wow. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody has the public service um, bug, oh, which which on one hand, I think is great. You know, right. I think that people um, are really caring more about, yeah. you know, if we want to, you know, if we want to make a change, you know, try to run, run for something. So right. I'm really, I'm really proud of, I'm proud of Billy. Like, you know, he's a local business owner, a coach, a mentor. Um, so good role model. Yeah, that's great. What's next for you, if anything, you know, what else you have going on besides, you might not have anything, it might be all this, this campaign, um, but what um, else do you have going on just in case? It's, yeah, it's all, it's, it's always something. Um, okay, real quick. I um, have been working towards a longer form documentary on the Legal Defense Fund. Mm. Um, that's one. Two, um, my of which novel. My, fa my father worked for the Legal Defense Fund. He was a lawyer for the Legal Defense Fund. Clyde that's worked. right. And I remember that. Yeah. I remember we had that conversation. That's so right. That was our connection, our LDF connection. Yep. Right. Yep. LDF to me, I stand by it. They're the greatest lawyers out there, the civil rights legal architects of, of our time. Um, yeah. So much respect, much respect. Uh, for your father. Um, and uh, the novel that I co-authored with Tanya Lewis-Lee um, uh, called Gotham Diaries, we, uh, we licensed it and it's going to, to um, Lionsgate and um, Courtney Kemp's production company who created Power. It's going to be made into a scripted television series. Mm. Okay, great. Wow. Um, Little Ballers, um, I just entered a new venture. We're gonna do the third iteration of it, um, which I'll share, I'll come back and share more with you on that. It's more of like a 360 degree deal. Um, I've been working on um, a documentary with uh, on, on Ariel Investments out of Chicago, John Rogers and Melody oh, yeah, Hopkins Rogers. Company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Um, it started as their 35th anniversary. Now they're going into their 37th year, uh, but I've just been continuing. So lots of, you know, incredibly, you know, interesting stuff. Raising, raising my kids. Um, yeah, right. You know, being, you know, being a fake momager, because I'm not really a manager or an agent, but I'll just, you know, call myself <laughs> the, fa the fake momager. Just trying to, you know... Momager, momager for for the kids. Um, momager <laughs> for momager for for Ray. Um, but you know, you say, what do I do? This is how I've sort of lived my life to get anything done. I do whatever is required to um, complete a project at the highest possible level of success and excellence. And so, hmm. if it's if I have to do some craft food services, I'm gonna do it. If I have to do some marketing, I'm going to do it. If I have to write something, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do whatever I can do to uh, uh, meet a goal. Mm. If, I, if I could have hired you 
15 years ago, I wouldn't be on an undisclosed location. I'd be on Easy Street. <laughs> That's my mistake. I'm listening to this. I said, I knew I should have hired Chris a long time ago. I made the wrong decision. Anyway, yeah, and I, I, you know, and then I probably, I probably, you know, would have, uh, no, you've done all right for yourself, Bill. You've done, you've well, been, well, you've we done pretty about all Don't right. even let me, we you know. About, we, people only dream, people only dream of having the, the career that you have had and continue to have as a journalist and a great thinker and you continue to expand on, on what you have done. So please. Yep. Yeah, well, don't even you know, try it. Have to don't even try that. that. Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> but you know what? That's the great thing about being in New York. I tell young people, I said, you know what? Here, because no matter what you got, somebody got more. No matter what you've accomplished, somebody's accomplished more. So at some point, you just say, you know, effort, and let me just make, let me just right. be the best I can be. Because and 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 go That's by right. it, you know, because you're at every block, at every block, yeah. to every block, yeah. you may think you got this. And then right. somebody right. else. So you know what? Right. Me, that's but, right. Yeah. So, but that's the right. Don't don't you don't go right. We can't go comparing and looking in other people's backyards, see what yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a very that thin line. That don't yeah. do it. No, there's a thin line between being inspired and comparing yourself. That's a very, it's a it's a thin line because we're always inspiring each other, but you got to make peace. Right. You, at some point, you make right. peace with. Yeah. Where, anyway, that 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 will that will come uh, a segment two of this conversation. We talk about the spirituality of <laughs> of whatever politics. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, our guest has been the wonderful Crystal McCrary McGuire. She's an author, a mother. She's a uh, justice warrior. Her husband, uh, Ray McGuire, is running for mayor. Her son, Cole Anthony, uh, you know, could be rookie of the year this year. Um, she's got a wonderful daughter, Ella. Uh, she's got a son. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I just had his name. We just talked about his name. Leo. Leo. Uh, Leo. Leo. Leo the lion. Is he a, is he a, is he a Leo? No, no. He was named after his grandpa, not because he's a, a Leo. Right, right. But my daughter's a Leo. I have a Leo, a Taurus, and a Scorpio. Mm. So who's the Taurus? No, well, 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 Cole, Cole, is, a Cole is a Taurus. No, yeah, Cole, a, is a, uh, Cole is a Taurus. Oh, Cole is a Scorpio. What's, bir what's his birthday? I'm a Taurus. He is May 15th. Okay. Oh, okay. But you're and a Leo. Leo's a Scorpio. You're, you're a Scorpio. I'm you're a Scorpio, Scorpio and Leo. I'm a Scorpio and Leo's a Scorpio. Yes. Ah, what's yes. Ray? So, what's Ray? Ray is an Aquarius. Oh. An Aquarius. Wow. That's. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Global. We got a, we got a, we got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. <laughs> a whole right. lot going on. All right, hey, hey, Crystal, thank you so much. Uh, you're you're the best, and uh, best of luck uh, on on all fronts, on every 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 front. Best of luck, and uh, we're here to support you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I so appreciate uh, you all having me on your show, and we gotta we gotta come back again with the family. Absolutely, definitely. All right, all right. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely, All right, take care. All right, you take care, all. you all. You too. All right. All Bye. Right. So there we go. A great, great interview. You know. Yes. Crystal is, is living what you call a full life. Very, yeah, very full, very full. Gotta, yeah. gotta give her a call and get some get some advice. She's see someone. Yeah. To talk I, to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another uh, another another great episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, continue to uh, to follow us and subscribe and and listen to the program uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media and uh, you know hit us up with any questions you may have on social media at BrosPod on Twitter and at BrosPod on Instagram and Bill Roden on Sports on Facebook. All right, and everybody continue to stay safe. Stay upbeat, stay positive. We will see you next week. So God bless and keep the faith.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.